When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope one's having a great week. We're already through halfway, well over halfway through September. It is hard to believe, but again, uh, it is a great month, and we're hoping that everyone is heading into Q4, you know, with a better outlook than what we've experienced so far in this crazy year of 2020. But nonetheless, a great year to really set ourselves up for great things the Sustainable Success way. Uh, If you're new to Sustainable Success, again, you found us here on the Voice American Influencers channel, but you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and of course our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. We encourage you to check us out there. Leave us a review. We have had many great guests on in the past. You're more than welcome to listen to any of the past episodes uh, of our guests sharing their wisdom and insights to information that can help you Take your business and personal life and success to the next level. Today's uh, show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and helping families to create interdependent family structures free from limited beliefs. They're currently doing some great work with DreamSmart Academy. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Please get involved or support them in many ways to help families move out of codependent to interdependent family structures, which lead to better results in our communities and our businesses. Again, that's efamovement.org. Today, we're going to have a great show. We're going to be talking about how to build relationship bridges to advance your business and life. And our guest today is John Sansone. And before I bring on John, I want to give you a little bit of background about him. John's a 31-year veteran in professional sales and marketing. Areas of expertise include advertising, industrial software, psychology, and consulting services. He started in sales at 21, working for a student newspaper. Many times have been used out-of-box thinking to meet or exceed sales goals. Uh, He's achieved President's Club and top-grossing business sales in every category that he's ever attempted. Uh, he's owned his own uh, software sales and consulting business for three years prior to becoming employee uh, for benefits. He grew an industrial chemical sales business from zero to 300 repeat customers in over five-year time period from cold calling while setting records for Fortune 500 company startup division. He moved to a software phone and face-to-face selling and used sales talents to, to really make a place for himself in the dot-com boom days. This was about an eight-year career that included Mark Cuban as a customer, though he didn't know it. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. I want to definitely learn about that. More recently, he has become a professional consultant for highly compensated professionals and for their businesses over the last 16 years and has held the title of vice president. And without further ado, we welcome John Sansone to the show. John, how are you doing? Hey, doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, John, it is a pleasure to have you on our our show today. You and I have talked, uh, uh, you know, offline a few times, and I really could relate, you know, you know, to your story. We have such a similar background, and you know, and I love the the title that you're going to be sharing with us today about how to build relationship bridges to advance your your business in life. And before we begin, uh, you know, get in there, I just yeah. wanted to talk about what what's why are relationships so important in our everyday life and business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you'll find when you talk to me, Chris, I'm all about analogies and word pictures. So, so if you think about a prospect, take your arms and put them wider than uh, goalposts, right? As far away from your body as you can possibly have them. And as you start asking questions of your prospect, you start beginning a linking process. And as that linking process goes on, those arms start going tighter and tighter until at some point the hands are touching and you've scored a goal. The way I would describe it is you just kind of take your time. You you find out what's important to the company and what's important to the prospect. 
and you find relatability between you, their company, and them as an individual. And once you find relatability, business will happen. No, it's so true. So true. And relationships are so, so important. And I love the analogy you use, by the way. And, you know, in, you know, in today's world, like, I mean, right now, we, you know, obviously we've all been through this challenge that we've gone through where we've had to really learn how to connect with people you know, from afar, you know, in this case, through Zoom and all these different ways. So what are, you know, what are some great ways that, you know, we can really start to really cultivate these relationships, whether it's especially in today's environment that we're in? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you got to be curious. And you got to do your research. So, for instance, like an example, you and I are getting together today, and I'm on your radio program, which is quite an honor, by the way. Um, so, you know, I read your book. So I, I found out through reading your book <clears throat> that you and I have a lot in common. Yeah. Um, so that that's one way to determine relatability. So, like, if I have a business executive, sometimes those business executives have LinkedIn. LinkedIn um, accounts. I can go out there and read about their LinkedIn account. Maybe they have other social media out there. There's lots of ways to do research. Sometimes when you're talking to a business owner, they're going to have their own website. You can find pictures of them. If you take their name, you can Google them. And, 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 and this is just a process. I've been doing the same type of process for over 30 years. Uh, in the beginning, what I used to do the relatability process with prospects was I used a simple almanac. Mm. And and it's so, like I said, you talked about the research. I mean, you know, in today's world, you know, there's so much information that we can get on, you know, certain people. I mean, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be disclosing everything about them, but, you know, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, there's different things that we can find, at least to find where we can relate and, and understand. And you, you made that a point of that. That is so important. Why is like, you know, the, the, when the, you know, the ability to mm-hmm. relate and understand someone on whatever level that is so important to build that relationship? Absolutely. Great question. So, so people like people that are like themselves and or people like people that have friends that are like themselves. So you don't have to be exactly like your prospect. It is important that you know somebody like your prospect and or they're a customer already, and you already relate to them. Or you could have a family member that's exactly like your prospect. It doesn't matter where the relatability comes from. It matters if you communicate that relatability to the prospect and or the client. you you got to continue to develop rapport. Rapport is not of one date. It's many dates. Hmm. That's so true. It's so true. And then, like you said, I mean, you know, when you're talking about cultivating a relationship, it's not like you can be in front of people, you know, all the time. It's not like you're talking to them every day, you know, so somehow you got to be able to be communicating with them in other ways too. So, you know, from your experience, mm-hmm. John, I mean, you, yeah. you know, you've financial services for quite some time and, you you know obviously have a background in some of the areas you talked about in your bio. Mm-hmm. What are some great ways to kind of like to kind of foster and, and cultivate those relationships? Not when you're always talking to them, but other ways that you can keep in mm-hmm. front of them. Well, you know, first of all, um, I think it's important for people to know that it, it has to be authentic as you oh, do yeah. it, and 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 it, and it also has to be smooth. Like if it's if it's not smooth, a person can feel like they're being interrogated. And then there's not relatability at all. You're just, you know, you just feel like somebody's interrogating you or, and, or like from a legal perspective, you feel like somebody's giving you a deposition. I've had people do that to me before. So I know the wrong way to do it. I know how I do it. Um, Like how I do it is you find something that's of interest to them. Like as an example, when I was in my twenties, I picked up an almanac at uh, Barnes and Noble and I was like, this is so cool. Because any state I call into now, I can look up the exact town and I can find a lake or a river close to my prospect. And so I would ask him, I would pick up the almanac, I would call him, I would find him in my almanac, and, you know, maybe Jackson, Mississippi. What do I know about Jackson, Mississippi? Not a lot. But now I know that there's a lake there called Black Hole. And I say, curious, do you and your family ever go to a lake called Black Hole that's pretty close to your house? 
Yeah, we do. You know, and now you're talking about something completely different. And they're not thinking about why did you bring up this lake in my hometown that they're not thinking about that at all. They're just thinking that that's something interesting for us to talk about. And also you're getting them away from talking about business. And when you're doing a large amount of business and particularly high dollar business, the more you can not talk about the business and talk about the relationship, the better off you are. No, it's so true. And and what it shows is, again, I, I in that example you used about mm-hmm. Jackson, Mississippi and the lake, it's so true because, again, it shows that, hey, you're not from there, but yet you knew enough about that. It showed that you showed some interest in where, in and around where I live, and which tells me that exactly. you know, you're more than you know, just trying to sell me something that you're, you really, you're really looking to get to know me and what's important to me and how can I really maybe potentially benefit from this relationship, you know, from a business perspective, but even more so that, Hey, I'm getting to Mm -hmm. know another human being. And that's a great point that you had made, you know, and, and the almanac thing is wonderful. Like who would have thought like, Oh my God, the almanac can really be a great sales tool. And, you know, and that is such a (laughs) great thing. I really know that you brought that up yeah. and, and and nowadays, you know, like I said, you could probably have that almanac right on your, your, uh, your iPad or, you know, whatever. And you can look it up right there on the spot. You don't need to actually have the hard copy of the almanac these days, but yeah. So what are some other ways? Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know, e, you know, email texting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways, but again, just things well, that are going to so, continue to add value. Yeah. So Google, go, yeah. So Google maps, is, uh, is, is important, but probably one of the best ways to show relatability and how you build these bridges is for like you and I to do it together. So, so you're from Connecticut. You live in Connecticut, right? Yep. Yep. And you grew up in Connecticut? Grew up here pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I grew up, I went to school, graduated high school here. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, how far are you from Wilton, Connecticut? Wilton, I am approximately 10, uh, 15 minutes. Oh, so you're super close. So a good buddy of mine, Dan DeSimone, grew up in uh, the Boston area, and we worked together for a while. Really, really good friends. Uh, he ended up relocating uh, to a job in Manhattan, but he actually uh, lived in Wilton, Connecticut. Yeah. Yep. Wilton is a very, it's a nice uh-huh. town, a great, great place to raise a family. And again, within, you know, just over an hour from... Uh, downtown Manhattan. Yeah, which worked perfect for Dan because I guess he would just uh, take the train into the city. Yep. But yeah, you know, that's just kind of one example, but there's a super famous guy that had a house in Wilton, Connecticut for years. Are you familiar with who that is? In Wilton? Yes. Uh, Well, I know there's a couple, but nothing is coming to mind. Tell me. No, no issues. Ace Frehley of Kiss. Oh, yes. Ace Frehley. That's right. Ace Frehley actually uh-huh. was in Georgetown, Connecticut, uh-huh. which is uh, not far, which is right between uh, Weston and uh, Wilton. So, yes, Ace Frehley, uh, the guitar, ex-guitarist from Kiss. Yes. Yep. You're right. Yep. There you go. Yep. There you go. You had a studio there. Um, but, you know, so that's a way. So now we're talking about where you grew up, and I'm showing relatability from understanding where you grew up. And and that goes really, really far. And then you start talking something that's more business-related, like, you know, how long have you had your... Uh, how long were you in the media business for, Chris? Oh, God, I was in the business for, oh, a good... at least 17, 18 years. It's a long time. Which, which media did you work for? Well, I uh, was involved in several different industries, but spent a majority of it mm-hmm. in a aviation, aerospace, and it was, you know, all B two B. So it was digital, it was trade shows, it was print magazines, it was webinars. You name it, you can pretty much all the different you know uh, media channels that would apply to any industry. Right. Okay. Okay. And so you were doing trade show work. I was doing that. I was doing print advertising, digital. You know, again, this is going yeah. back in the mid nineties sure. to, you know, like around up until two thousand eight timeframe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So when I was doing the software business, we found trade shows to be amazing 
is a uh, is a really uh, <clears throat> nice way for large companies to come up and, and talk to us about the software that we uh, that we are offering in, in an environment where you know they didn't feel any pressure. Mm. So I did a lot of trade shows when I was in the in the technology business. The hardest thing that I had was sitting in that booth all day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I can tell you that that's not easy. I, I was always on the other side. I was uh-huh. always either I could relate that I was either you know part of the the organization that organized the event, or I was oh, going okay. to see people at their booths. You know, so I wasn't working the booth, but uh, I'd be okay. going from booth to booth to booth to booth. <laughs> no, right. those okay. days. So well, we call that walk in the to, show. Been to so many trade shows. So, so John, we have a lot of a less yeah. than a minute, about about forty five seconds to our. Oh to the yeah, break. yeah, that's all good. Anything, if, anything that you want to just add, like one more thing, anything or sum up what we have talked about, the importance of what we ch- chatted about relationships so far. Just you know, thirty seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So you know, the important thing is is that maintain a good CRM or client relationship management package software, what have you, where you capture all this information. That's paramount. Because as you find out information about clients and relatability between you and the clients, that's going to be paramount. That information can be used for the entire time that they're customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, John, we got a lot more coming from you, and I'm excited to hear more. Again, everyone that is listening, we're here with John Sansone. You're going to learn more about where to contact John later. We got more to come because John's going to share some of his wisdom from his over 30 years experience in sales and relationship building. We got even more information to come. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us here, we're here with John Sansone. Again, he is a sales and marketing professional. We're talking about how to build relationship bridges to advance your business and life. And again, if you're just joining us, you can definitely, you can still listen to this show in its entirety here on demand later today here at the Voice America Influencers Channel or again at, at iTunes, Spotify, or our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. So, John, you know, since we're talking about you know yeah. the importance of relationship bridges, I'd like to talk a mm-hmm. little bit about what are some out of the box marketing ideas that you feel could really work well to foster relationships. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm I'm a big believer in, in, and I'll just mention this on the onset. But anybody that's in business, you should have a written business plan. You should know exactly the dollars and revenue you're trying to bring in, and and then you should you should um, focus on that, and and out of that should come out of the box ideas. I mean, I can give you an idea. The very first out of box idea that I had that just worked wonderfully. I was uh, in college. I was working for the student newspaper. I was in the circulation department of all places. 
just selling subscriptions, short-term subscriptions to the newspaper. The student newspaper for like three months was what it was. I think it was like $15, which isn't a lot of money. You know, 30-some-odd years ago, it was a lot more money. But back then, you know. But anyway, um, so what they had us do was just take the phone book out, Chris. That's why I have such thick skin for sales. So we just took the phone book out, started with A, called people up, and asked them if they wanted to take the student newspaper. And I thought that Mm. was ridiculous. I mean, I was taking marketing and psychology classes at the time. I'm very business-minded and focus-minded on a particular market when you're trying to do business. And so I went to the advertising uh, director, and I went to him and I said, can you get me a list of all pre-journalism students? And I went to the University of Missouri and got a journalism degree there with the background in psychology and uh, in business. Um, but while I was there, I asked him, can you give me a list of all the pre-journalism students? So the people that have not yet gotten into journalism school, but they're all pre-journalism with their phone numbers. And so I had this great list of like 400 people that were pre-journalism. And I would just call them up and say, Bill, Sandy, um, I'm sitting here, I'm working for, it's called the Columbian Missourian. I'm working for the Columbian Missourian. And I see your pre-journalism. One of the professors let me know that you're pre-journalism. Tell me what sector are you wanting to go into in J school? And they tell me, I want to go into photography. I wanted to go into this. I wanted to go into that. And then they'd say, well, why do you ask, John? And I said, well, I'm in the journalism school right now, and I'm working part-time for the student newspaper. And uh, I'm wondering if you're pre-journalism, have you started taking the newspaper? that we produce here in the J school. And they're like, no, how do I get it? Boom. One after the other, one after the other, one after the other. If I could get them on the phone, they had a subscription to the newspaper. Mm. Wow. And what are some other things like you can share? Mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? So, so uh, an- another business, and I haven't mentioned this, but but I'm a type A personality. I'm never really happy with the money I'm making until like maybe now in this part of my life. But when I was in my early 20s, I very rarely had one job. So at one point I was working for an ad agency, but I didn't feel like I was making enough money. So I met a guy one night at a bar, told me he worked for a photography company. And I'm like, what do you do for the photography company? He's like, I sell. And I go, you sell? I go, you're not a photographer? He's like, no. I go, what's that like? And, uh, and he explained to me, and I'm, and I'm like, I'd be perfect for that. So, so I got a job working for this uh, photography studio in the mall. The name of the company was called Glamour Shots. I don't think they're around anymore. I remember, I remember Glamour Shots. I do remember them. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was great money for me. Um, it was like $50 a day or whatever I could make. Into, no, it was $5 an hour or my commission, whichever was higher. I never got the $5 an hour. Because it wasn't about selling them pictures. It was about helping them put together gifts for their uh, loved ones. And what better gift to give your loved ones than a nice picture of yourself? So Mm. when I sat down with them after we had the film, because the photographers would all bring me the film because I was doing better sales than anybody on the sales floor. So they would bring me their film, and uh, I would sit there in front of a video camera saying, showing them showing them like roughs of their, of their pictures that we just did of them. And they'd be like, I don't like this one. I don't like this one. Yeah. And and so what I focused on is not what they didn't like. I, I, I would calm them down and I would say, you know, uh, you know, I'd find out their name. I was always personable. So say their name was uh, Linda, Linda, you know, don't be hard on yourself out of these four pictures that are on the screen. Cause we always show pictures and fours, which one do you like the best? And she'd tell me, and I would take the proof, uh, the proof uh, card, and I'd put an X on that. Go to the next four. Which one do you like here? Put an X on that. Next four. Which one do you like here? Put an X on that. So now I've determined there's at least four or five pictures that she likes. That's the key. Because people are really hard on themselves when they look at a picture of themselves. So you have to get over that obstacle. So then the next thing we talked about was what holidays are coming up. So, you know, if we're close to Christmas, I'd concentrate on Christmas. 
if we were close to their parents' birthdays. And I would ask them. I would find out everything I could possibly find. You know, what what do you got planned for your mom for Christmas this year? Oh, nothing. I haven't even thought about it. What about your dad? Nothing. Have you have you thought about what you might get your brothers and sisters? And I'd find out how many brothers and sisters they would have. And by the time we were done, we had to find a photo package that would meet all the presents that they were going to give away. And we only had to then just pick which pictures we were going to do for the presents. So that, that was one part of it with out-of-the-box thinking. The other part of it was in order to make and be successful at this, you had to sell the big ones. So you probably remember where Glamour Shot had the big photos of people. Yes. And, yep. and people struggled with getting the big photos of themselves. And the reason they struggled with them is because it seemed very vain to get a big picture of yourself and put it in your house if you're a single lady or or even if you're married, your friends come in and you just got this great big picture of yourself all dolled up and everything at glamour shots. What are you? Are you just that egotistical? And so the way I overcome the, overcame that objection is I would talk about, you know, when you walk into somebody's house and, and, and you see this beautiful painting of them or their family on the wall, um, do you think that's strange? And they're like, no. So, so you don't think they're vain or anything like that because they have this picture of the, you know, that was oil painted of them or their family. No, not at all. Well, and then I would explain to them the reason why you don't see these big prints in their, uh, in their house. Like I'm talking to you about today is quite frankly, the technology wasn't around or it wasn't cheap enough for most families to be able to afford this. So if you want to get a big print and give it to one of your family members, like your mom or your dad, or even hanging in your own home, you should feel free to do that. And I had a lot of people buy the big pictures. That's amazing. I mean, just how you really turned it around and made made it into something that can, you know, that can not only be an experience, but something that, you know, that could last a lifetime and something in terms of people can reflect on. I mean, that was just wonderful. So in essence, you know, being out mm-hmm. of the box too, from what I saw, what it sounded yeah. like, you went, you went above and beyond you know, I, in this case, John, you weren't like, hey, I'm just going to sell them a, a a photo package. You know, it was kind of like to kind of see the bigger picture and create, you know, a memory, create an experience. And, you know, you absolutely. Used really clever out of the box. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're absolutely right, Chris. I mean, when they looked at it, they thought of, OK, I spent one hundred and fifty dollars today, but I don't have to do anything for Christmas, birthday, Mother's Day or Father's Day. I'm good to go. They didn't think of it as, I just spent $200 or $150 on photos. Why didn't I just get the $7 one picture for $7, which was an option? No, that's fabulous. And I can see why you you were so in demand and that you produced and, you know, obviously did well there. And probably was a great learning experience uh, for everything that you do, uh, you've done since and where, where you are today. So incredible. And sometimes it, you know, I, you know, I think, like mm-hmm. I said, it's reflecting on those time, those things that you did a long time ago, you know, that could have been mm-hmm. like, you know, where you really, you know, where people pivot, you know, in this case, this was an area where it sounds like you really, really honed in on your relationship skills and really how to build that trust with people. Yeah. Which, you know, is hard to do in a, in a retail environment like that. Where oh, yeah. You're just literally in the mall and they're afraid of you. I mean, I've thought about this a lot, but, you know, you walk in to like a Best Buy or one of these companies and they want to sell you one of those great big TVs. And, and uh, I mean, everybody wants a great big TV, right? And, and everybody wants the best stereo they can possibly have. If given the right salesperson, people will buy it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And th- talk about that, you know, while we're mm-hmm. on that, and we may have to continue on yeah. when we get back, but... You know, okay. it's not necessarily what you do. Like when people want something, you might represent a product, you might represent a service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're made in you from from the fact that from the intelligence that you have, you know that maybe that product or service can fulfill somebody's need. But maybe they're mm-hmm. just not there yet because they don't trust you. They don't know you and they're just a little unsure you know, talk about, you know, when it comes to relationship building, why is it more mm-hmm. important why you do what you do versus what you do? Because if people want to connect 
they're going to, they want to know that they can trust that person, just like what you gave the example with Best Buy, that they're going to buy that TV because they, they, there's something about that that connection with that salesperson, unlike the other salespeople, where they just felt they can trust that person for whatever reason. So talk about that, you know, that yeah, why this is the what sure. you do. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you got you got to be transparent. And, and you have to be willing to take the veil down and, and, and the people have to believe that you're authentic and they have to believe that you're somebody they want to do business with. And in, in, in professional sales, we have so many tools out there that we didn't used to have. LinkedIn. Um, you can send an email before you have your first meeting with a, uh, with a business or a client or a prospect. So you can send an email. In that email, you can talk about your professional background. Most companies now, too, you have it where you can drop your picture into that initial, into that initial email. When I try to drum up business in every business I've ever been in, I don't lead with product. I lead with finding out what the problem is. I'm not mm. trying to sell uh, drills. I'm trying to find people that want to put holes in using a drill. I'm not trying to sell the uh, what it does. I'm trying to sell the benefit of what it does. And, and, and in order to purchase a benefit, you have to have a problem. You have to have something that solves a problem. And, and Zig Ziglar talks about the five impressions before making a sale. So what I always do, you always send an email. The email is all about credibility. That e- and then if that email generates a... Uh, an email back and you can set an appointment. Great. You get that appointment set. You get that in your calendar before you have that meeting that day, that morning, you send more of a personal email, uh, telling them something about yourself. They know what you are professionally. You've already handled that. The email that you send that morning before the meeting, Chris is all about your family and credibility. My email that I send when I get ready to do my consulting goes something like this. Uh, hey, Bob, this morning we're going to have a meeting. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about yourself so I can really help you and your family. And in order for you to feel comfortable sharing a lot about you and yourself and your family, I'm going to share some things about me. I've been married 26 years. I have two boys, one's 17, one's 20. I was a Boy Scout leader for uh, for seven years. And, um, and currently I work in a... Uh, spend some time volunteering for a veterans organization in, in Dallas, Texas. So, so that's an example of the feel-good email that I send the day of the appointment. And sometimes I get emails back in my consulting business where they share stuff with me, like personal stuff that we would cover in that first call. So sometimes when I have that first call, it's like we've had, we're on to the third or the fourth call already. So when we talk about the five impressions before making a sale. The first one's the email. For me personally, when I'm trying to bring a prospect in, the first one's an email. I follow up with a phone call. Typically, it's a left message. The third one, and this is gold for anybody that's in face-to-face or phone sales, I send a second email. My second email says second attempt. In my second email, it says second attempt first email or copy of email sent, and I put the date on it. The reason this is important is it establishes credibility. It shows them that I'm cognitive of the fact that I sent an email to you, and this is the date that I sent it to you. Um, but, that's, but that's how I generate new prospects into my consulting business. It's all about credibility building. And then I yeah, never absolutely. bring up product. It, it's all about problems. It's not about solution. It's all about finding out what you need. Because if there's something that you don't need from me, there's no reason for us to have a conversation about what I sell or what you can get from me, so on and so forth. So um, same way when I was in technology business, I, I, would, uh, I would meet with the clients many times face-to-face, sometimes over the phone. I wanted to find out how many servers you have, how many desktops that you have. Tell, tell me about the last uh, two downtimes that you've had with the network. What caused that? Did you have to bring people in? How much did that cost? I'm just taking notes the entire time. Yep, absolutely. And if and if possible, I want to find out what they like to do for fun. 
And face-to-face is great because you can see those golf clubs in the office. Yeah. Or you can see that picture of Hawaii. Or you can see that great big family. That's why face-to-face is so great because no, the relatability is right there in front of you if, you open yep. your, you know, if, you're, if you're aware of it. Yep. We're listening to John Sansone. We have to go to break, but when we come right back, John has got a wealth of information. And what I love about John is that he is sharing this with actual stories that you can relate to you. And I love this. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back to Sustainable Success. Uh, We're here with Jan Sanson. Again, we're talking about how to build relationship bridges to advance your business and life. Our show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, or EFA Movement. Again, we encourage you to check them out. They're working with families and helping them to create interdependent family structures, free from limited beliefs, And again, they're doing some wonderful things. Check them out at efamovement.org. So, John, we were uh, talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, so many great insights that you shared here today with stories that can relate to people and to help them build their relationships with others in both business and life. You know, what gives, you know, when it comes to like getting someone to really be motivated, you know, what gives them, what gives you drive to do what you do? So that would maybe help help the people here listening that, you know, to find that within themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. Chris. I mean, I want to give people hope. Um, you know, first and foremost, I want people to know I come from very humble beginnings. I mean, it's, it's not like I had to worry about whether I was going to eat at night. I don't want it to sound like that. Um, but I did, I I came from very humble beginnings. Um, I'm going to say that I have an, an average intelligence level. Um, maybe above average intelligence level based upon all the work that I've done to increase it over my lifetime with exercise and reading and, and associating with people with, uh, with that are highly intelligent. So iron sharpens iron, so to speak. But, but I did, I mean, I came from humble beginnings. Um, I didn't make great grades in, uh, in grade school. Um, my, uh, my parents in order to pay for my first car and to start, saving for my, uh, for my, uh, for my college that I was going to do, got me a job working as a waiter. It's a very difficult job. It was very stressful. It started off as a bus boy. I learned a ton of multitasking techniques, uh, and then it turned into a waiter and, and, and that's how I paid for my first car. And that's how I paid for, uh, for college. I also did some factory work. Um, very dangerous factory work. I, I used to uh, stack uh, caustic chemicals uh, 50 to a, a, a skid in the back of a factory, rope them, and wait for the forklift guy to come around to load them. And then sometimes when they would bring the tractor trailers in, I would have to go out in the tractor trailer bed and, and in the heat of the summer, take buckets out, empty buckets out of the tractor trailer by hand 
with some other workmen. So, so again, I come from very, very humble beginnings. I don't have a PhD. I just have a basic four-year, uh, four-year degree. I wasn't National Honor Society. I didn't have straight A's all through, uh, all through high school and college. But, but, but I bring up the job that I had at the restaurant. And the reason I bring up the job is because I made a decision when I was walking those floors and cleaning those bathrooms and, and bussing those tables that I wasn't going to do that the rest of my life. I made a decision that I was going to be somebody. I made a decision that through hard work and education that I was going to make the most out of what I believed at that time was average intelligence. What, what I come to find out is I might have above average intelligence, but at the time I thought at best I had average intelligence. Um, so, so with that said, it created a ton of drive that I've like used my entire life. Other people, when I've been in companies, they've complained about, we have to do this, we have to do that. And I thought back to the days when I was a waiter or a busboy and stood the entire time and constantly had to clean. They used to say, if you had time to lean, you have time to clean. Or when I was in the chemical factory taking these caustic chemicals off, that, that I was worried about getting chemicals on my body that could scar me for the rest of my life. And, 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 and thinking through those kind of things just created tons of drive for me. So when I was in college and I had to make the 3.0 in order to get into my particular degree, um, I was driven to do it. Or when I've been in sales jobs where I have to get certain quotas met, I was driven to do it. And the reason I was driven is this, this school of hard knocks is kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to describe. I mean, I've been known if a client wanted to see me and they're three hours away and I have the ability to get in the car to go see them and have lunch with them, even though I get in the car and come right back to Dallas, I've done it. Mm. I mean, that's that drive. You know, you can't. Like, like I can tell people all these creative ways to sell and market, but, but if they can't send that first email, if they can't make those phone calls, if they can't turn themselves into uh, emotion when they're emotion with an M when they're dealing with their emotions with an E, which emotions are your, you know, self doubt and things like that. You got to get moving. You, you got to make it happen. I like to say, I like to make something out of nothing. And that's like prospecting, taking somebody for cold call to a great business opportunity. Uh, we brought up Mark Cuban. Uh, Mark Cuban was a yeah. great business opportunity. And it started as a cold call to Texas Instruments. I made a cold call to Texas Instruments. I made a relationship with an engineer at TI. And he ended up doing business with me. I don't know, I think like $50,000, which was quite a bit of business uh, in the software that I was selling at the time. But then he went down to Mark Cuban's company and he did another like 40000 with me. But the thing that blew me away about the whole Mark Cuban thing was that I couldn't understand why somebody in this little itty bitty company would need $40,000 with the software, right? Like why this little itty bitty company needs this kind of network diagnostic software because normally, if you have a company that has, like, say, 10 or even 50 people, you don't need diagnostic software to see what's going on with the network. You know, people can just raise their hand and you know who's having trouble. You know, it's when you have 3,000 computers you need diagnostic software. But, uh, but, but like, I was on the forefront of that, and that, that was kind of, a, uh, kind of an interesting story. But, but I just want people to know that, like, I come from humble beginnings. I, I grew up around people with money. And, and I could see, like, how it was different. My parents owned their own retail store. My dad died at 55 years of age from stress and cigarettes. And I didn't want to be that guy. And I loved my father. And my, he was a good dad. But the stress of his business, he didn't exercise. He smokes. But, um, yeah, you know, my, he yeah, didn't I drink a lot. Relate. My dad died of lung cancer at the age of 56. Yeah. And, and, and my dad was undiagnosed, uh, so it was a heart attack, but it was definitely cigarette-induced. I mean, he had yeah. chronic bronchitis from the time I was in, like, fifth grade on, where he would cough and couldn't soft cough. Um, and, and so that's impactful to you, too. So it's not just about being successful in sales, it's being successful in life. So how you be successful in life is you surround yourself with good friends, and you got to exercise, right? You can't be successful in business if you don't have a good, you know, 
you, you got to have the drive to succeed, but you have to have the body that'll take you to with that drive. And 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 that body takes work. You got to exercise. You got to eat right. I know I might sound like you know the gym teacher, but but these things that they tell us, it's all true. It, it, yeah. It's like people eat emotionally, and people and people live their lives emotionally. And and if we start thinking it more like, well, what's good for the car? Well, when you take the car to get gasoline, you don't think, oh, the car had unleaded yesterday. It doesn't want unleaded today. Oh, we put 30 weight in it last month. We don't want to put 30 weight oil in it again. Well, the truth is that's how the car operates the best. Just like your body operates the best on a low carb, high protein, high fiber, highly nutrient diet. Your body operates better when you exercise your body. Yes. Um, if you start thinking along the lines of like, what's good for my car and then relate it to like your body, you start thinking about it differently, which is a paradigm shift, which is something I'm passionate about. Um, but, but it all goes, you know, to these, these things that I'm bringing up are all ultimately business related. Because oh, you absolutely. can't be successful in business and sales. If the, if the body's not right, the mind's not right. And if the body and the mind and the spirit aren't together as one, then you can't get to your optimum uh, level of success. But, uh, but I just want to give people hope because I know I came from humble beginnings and I know every day where my drive comes from. I mean, I'm approaching my mid-50s now. I still have a ton of drive. And, and it's more drive to share with people how to be successful more so than me be successful. I'm debt free. I got college and everything taken care of for my kids. I mean, I, I don't need a huge income anymore. I'm very close to retirement, but I do have a need to give back. I wake up every day thinking to myself, how can I give back and help other Love. people to be more successful? I mean, that's what drives me. That's like when I get with our veterans organization, I want to hear stories from the veterans. And I want to help the veterans. When I was in Boy Scouts, I was trying to advance the, the, the younger, uh, the teenagers in their, in their Boy Scout career. And uh, it, it was all about out, getting outside of myself and trying to help somebody else. No, I love it. I love it, John. I, you're, you're, our lives are so parallel and I can relate to you so much. And I love the transparency that you you've provided the audience here today, you know, you're so relatable and that's, what's so great, you know, about what you do and uh, so on. So we, you know, we have a, you know, about, mm -hmm. you know, about four minutes left in the show. And I just want before, you know, I, I want to let people know where to yeah. find you, but we, so any other closing comments that you have about, you know, you know, the importance of drive, why that's so important to find for people to find their drive. Absolutely. Um, I think take an inventory of yourself. I had to do a lot of self-reflection when I was in my early 20s. I didn't jump right into sales. In the beginning, I fought my own gifts. So I had this great gift for sales. I knew I had a great gift for sales, but I thought I wasn't, that it wasn't a smart thing to do. Like I should be doing something where, you know, like accounting. I should do something where I'm doing something smarter, per se. What I find is people in sales make the most money, so it's a super smart thing to do. But back then, I was stuck in this paradigm. You know, I should try to get the highest salary. No, you should get the highest opportunity to make money. Um, but I would encourage everybody to take inventory of what their strengths are. And if they don't know what their strengths are, find a third, object, a third party that's objective that can really tell you what your strengths are. I think there's software online you can go out to and you can fill out, uh, you know, um, questionnaires to find out what your strengths are, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. But then after you find out what your strengths are, make it fun to talk about your strength. Like some things about me that are interesting is um, outside of business, I'm also a uh, rock and roll historian. I know just about everything about every famous rock group, down to their names, their first albums, their first songs, how they got famous. I know a ton about a ton of rock music stories, so on and so forth, because I've spent years reading books about them and educating myself. Um, I'm also a uh, an individual that loves creating something out of nothing, which is business from a you know business from a prospect or a cold call. I mean, that jazzes me. 
If I couldn't do that ever again, I wouldn't want to be in sales. I wouldn't want to sell the same people or the same companies over and over and over. I would find that boring. Um, but, but you really got to take inventory about what jazzes you, not what fat jazzes John, not what jazzes Chris. Uh, what really gets you up in the morning early and wants you to stay out yeah. and, and work hard. Um, I mean, you've got to find your yep. passion. I have two teenagers, or yep. a 19-year-old turning 20 and a 17-year-old, and I always encourage them, find out your passion, man. What makes you excited? And, and pursue that. And if you no, pursue absolutely. that, you're going to be successful. No, Absolutely. So, you know, we got about about a minute left in the show, and I want to thank yeah. you personally, John, for sharing from the heart today. And I know how authentic and genuine you are. What is the best way, you know, I, I would love people to connect with you because you're just so relatable. What would be the best way people could reach out, get to know you better? Oh, yeah. You know, they can definitely ping me on uh, ping me on Facebook is uh, is perfectly uh, perfectly fine. I only have a personal Facebook right now. I'm probably going to set up like a motivational kind of Facebook soon. Uh, frankly, I'm super busy in my business, and my business is doing really really well. So it's this is a passion of mine to motivate people and and inspire people. But I haven't really launched any kind of business per se. I'm I'm really just kind of you know putting my foot in the pool, so yeah. to speak, and, and uh, seeing how it feels. It feels great, by the way. <laughs> well, well, I can tell I you what you shared it. today has been very insightful and in to get everything where I think people want to connect with you because they want to get to know you as a person. I, John, I want to thank you mm-hmm. again yeah. personally for being on the show today, and I want to thank you oh, yeah, guests man, for joining us each and every week here at the Sustainable Success Way We hope that you received a lot of value from John today. And again, you could listen to this show in its entirety later today. We'll be back next Thursday with another guest sharing their words of wisdom on insights to improve and scale your business and personal life to the next level. Till then, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.